0: As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hello, welcome to The Ruck. What we needed today was a referee, and so we got one. That is not because Steve Jones and me, that's me, Owen slots, need refereeing. It's because there are a lot of issues in the game right now. And anyway, it seemed like a cute way into saying that we have... Can we have a drum roll, please? Our guest for the day is Wayne Barnes. Wayne's one of the best referees in the world, and that's not just because he found a way of stopping... Don't say he's from one me. of the
1: best, you would be insulted. I said is this sulky? is my intro. Oh, you, sorry. You, right, you're not supposed right, to interrupt until right, a, bit, sorry, a little bit later.
0: Right. Anyway, what was what I was going to say, which you totally ruined, he's uh, one of the best referees in the world. All right, move on. Jonesy, that was uh, Steve Jones who interrupted me. Jonesy, great to see you uh, and Wayne, great to have you back Thanks for
2: having me back, always a pleasure to be with two of my favourite journalists.
0: Oh, well said (laughs) Who's the other one? There isn't another one I I had a list of top ten actually but Jonesy (laughs) just snuck into (laughs) the top ten uh, Jonesy, just to start off with uh, with Wayne, can you embarrass him and give our listeners your appraisal of his qualities as a referee at the moment
1: Well, a different class there was a comment on Twitter the other day complaining bitterly about his beard. <laughs> it was from a Polly Barnes. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, I don't know whether there's any relation, but um, it didn't yeah. like it. Qualities as a ref, well, I think the accuracy is absolutely incredible, really. And he, and, and probably not only Wayne, but um, a couple of French people, two or three of the French guys, and Nigel Owens sort of reversed the thing where rugby was becoming impossible to referee. And every every match, or far too many matches, depended on other, uh, on the refereeing rather than the play. But when Wayne's refereeing, you can be sure that the, the, the better team will probably win and it won't be some dodgy decisions. You're right with that? Oh, yeah. It's oh, probably the brown envelope
2: if I passed Steve. <laughs> <You before laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I'll take that. It, um, you know, when someone like Steve says words like that it means a great deal you know you're never going to be popular as a referee um, you know that when you go into it if that's why you're going into it you're going in for it for the wrong reasons oh, but same
0: as journalism <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> seriously no, seriously no. They don't expect to make friends in this game but sorry
2: no go but on. if you if you're respected by your peers you know other referees or if you're expected by people who are respected in a game you know and you two not with tongue in cheek are extremely well respected across a game it means a lot when someone says that so thanks very much I I, I, I just
1: think that it's you know people don't realise with one of the things of doing this for 500 years as I've done is that you get a historical perspective for a start things like the premiership people know you can only savour the premiership as it is now if you were there at the start when it was an utter shambles. And actually, you can only people don't realise how good the refereeing is now over the major games, because that used to be terrible. The, the Southern Hemisphere used to come up with a different set of laws, um, and only the Irish are now uh, re- referring to a different set of laws. The rest <laughs> of the world are actually all together. And I think the Premiership, Steve, though, it's
2: no coincidence that you know we started to invest a bit of money with the RFU and Premier Rugby and a lot of young and impressive referees you know the likes of luke pierce who you know did that cracking game that you spoke about a couple of weeks ago in wrestling versus that uh, mm. t- to lose um we've got you know matt carley's doing extremely well did that fantastic west country derby um and now the, the the young guys coming through, Christoph Ridley you've probably seen this year, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Foley, Craig Maxwell Keyes and Tempest. The list goes on and on and these are guys who are ju- you know, not even thirty yet and refereed fifty premiership matches and that goes back to investing in a system and so you know it's nice to hear that, you know, someone who's been around the premiership for a long time is saying this is know best crop of referees we've ever had.
0: Wayne you you were, were confirmed I think was it last week or the week before as, as a World Cup referee your appointment confirmed?
2: Um we're still waiting for the official confirmation oh. from um um Rugby World Cup. You know
0: Look, can what? we announce it officially on the rug then? Uh,
2: <laughs> no no I think we'll wait for World Rugby to announce that. Look I I'm hoping I'll be in Japan. Um it's, it's you know what November um 1st will be the, the or the 2nd will be the final so um, we'll be out there for eight weeks if we do go. But I'm hoping that some of those people that I've mentioned um, in that list will be out there with me. It's you know it's the peak of every player. It's the peak of every. Coach, um, and it'll be the peak of um, every referee if we get selected to it. But at, well, listen, moment, I think
0: I think it's a, a statement of the obvious that you'll be there. So I, I can say that, Jones would would agree. Yeah, of course. Would, but would it would it be a statement of the obvious that if if you do get confirmed to go, that your ambition as a referee would be to call the World Cup final? Um, you, you can't control
2: things like that because you know there's a, there's a team such as England who will be trying to get in that that final as well. Um, all I can do, and you know it's a cliche and we hear it every time, is go out there and deal with each game as you can but there's a lot of blinking rugby left before then you know we've got the semi-final of um of the heineken cup this weekend over in or champions cup over in um dublin which i'm refereeing we've got the end of the season in the premiership and then we've got the rugby championship to come so you know there's a lot of rugby to, to be done and if i do go to the world cup you know i'll just be hoping to you know continue to to you know, do what Jonesy said, and you know, provide the teams an opportunity
1: to, the best team to win. So, so, so I think this is going to sound very Anglo-centric, but I do come from um, Rogerstone in the uh, Gwent <laughs> Valley, so it's not that, but. I, I, I think that it would be marvellous If all the top referees Had a season in the premiership It is easily the most Difficult competition to referee It is refereed incredibly well Compared to 10 years ago And 5, and five years ago And I really think that, that The Aussies, Australians for instance When all they've had in their career Is, is super rugby uh, uh, I just think it would be magnificent for them to come up and do a season of the Premiership because it is unbelievably difficult to do. Well, anyway, do you think of that? Not... Is that? Is that a
0: fair point? Is it the hardest competition?
1: Uh, I think the, the one thing that we've got is promotion and
2: relegation. And I know you've discussed this on this um, pod you know, mm. many a times and so that does add something to the league. I think this league, in the 15 years I've been refereeing the Premiership, is perhaps the closest league ever and the most... Yeah, you know, it's the most enjoyable to watch. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about Newcastle Leicester um, later, but you know that's a relegation game, and what a game of rugby it was. Mm. So we have a, a cracking competition. Um, and I know a lot of my Southern Hemisphere um, colleagues um, in Super Rugby want to come up and experience it. Um, you know, for the do challenge. They, do they say they would like to uh, do that? Yeah, and, but well, I'm the same. I want to go down and experience Super Rugby. You know, because it's a different challenge. You know, I w- can, it would
0: be good if World Cup, sorry, if World Rugby was able to facilitate that. Or yeah,
2: it would be fantastic if we could somehow get that over the line. Whether that's an agreement between, mm. you know, SANZAR and EPCR. Has or, it been
0: talked about? I mean, is it is that
2: we discuss it a lot as a group of referees because um, we we, we want to challenge ourselves Mm. you know and You know, me going down to do, you know, imagine going to do the Crusaders versus the Highlanders. That'd be pretty special, you know, and the guys say the same. They want to come up and see, you know, a full shed, you know, until you've seen a shed and chanting, you don't know what you're doing. You've (laughs) you've
1: never really refereed. (laughs) They, they, they Also, you know, I think it'd be lovely. I'm not so sure whether the referees, I I don't expect Wayne to comment on this, but whether referees should be attached to their national unions. I think there should be a global body who are completely independent. If If eight of that body are all Kiwis, but if they're judged to be the best, that that that's fine. I think I am not even sure in my head, Wayne, if English referees should go along to English sessions. But there there we go. We better we better move on there.
0: All right. Um. So so here we are. Uh, in in our uh, studio on a Monday morning, less than 24 hours since something very significant happened in the world of sport Uh. uh yesterday in um in the United States. So I, I. We we all we all saw what happened. Tiger Woods, one of the uh greatest i don't know, we're, we're in the middle of assessing whether that's the greatest comeback of all time every every newspaper tomorrow will have their top <laughs> 10 best comebacks in the history of sport their top 10s this top 10s that so so c- can we give that a little bit of rugby perspective uh, best comebacks in rugby
2: i think there's a couple which jumped to mind straight away um and i think on the back of you know the Lions tour in 2017. I was over in Australia when the Lions were playing, and I think we all watched that game up in Fangarai and thought, oh, that's not the the, the greatest start. And then we <laughs> then we lost to the Blues um in that opening game, and they were meant to be the worst of the five um, yeah. Super Rugby teams. Then we saw the the first test, and we thought, oh my goodness, this isn't going well. So to come back from, I think you know that adversity was was an impressive sight um, from a rugby field. I think we all remember um, the Northampton versus Um, Leinster final down in the 2011 down in Cardiff you know I think they were Almost twenty points down at one stage, mm-hmm. and at half time they went into the change rooms, and we heard about that, Johnny. That Sexton, Johnny, Sexton, Johnny Sexton's yeah. Liverpool talk wasn't it? Yeah, Where yeah. you know he talk, uh, spoke about. But he the, was a young
0: man revealing himself as a very spiky character. Oh yeah. who wasn't prepared to accept defeat, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, and uh, you know uh, Driscoll spoke about it afterwards, didn't he? And said um, you know he he referenced the three nil comeback from Liverpool because I think Johnny's a, a Liverpool fan. So that you then jumped to the Liverpool three mm-hmm. 0 kind of you know. Going into a different sport, I think um, the 3 0 comeback against um, Milan in the final in Istanbul, and I think that was 05 You know, all of those, you know, you know, resonate when you ask me about. So that
0: was actually my worst ever day as a sports journalist because I was reporting on that game, the Liverpool game.
2: I hope you didn't file too early.
0: No, well that that's the point. You you're you're in Istanbul and it's a night game and you've got to file and and Liverpool are three nil down at half time. So you think this is the easiest bit of work I've ever got in my life? So you finish your report pretty much by heart the end of half time and then the the amount of rewriting in the second half of that game and into the
1: into extra time was miserable. Uh, Jonesy, what's your um your rugby comebacks? First of all, I don't think um, any any other sport's got anything to touch uh, Tiger and what, everything that surrounds him. I've covered actually all his open um victories in the British Open and um uh it's just mesmeric man who's up there with with Ali and obviously Harry Kane as the gr- <laughs> as the greatest <laughs> um I That's just have I lo- I to that I I love that I love that every second of it um yesterday and and the whole thing And it is one of the greatest comebacks because he said he told Jack Nicholas in I think it was two years ago he'd never play again and it was all up for him, and to come back and play so well and to be almost mistake-free on the most difficult course was staggering. But rugby-wise, of course, there was Wayne Barnes in 2007 (laughs) when he uh, allegedly missed a forward pass and something else in the uh, in the quarter final. Yeah, thanks for the reminder, Steve. um, Was um, pilloried savagely by kiwis when he
0: knocked the all blacks out of the world cup yes he, did, when, yeah, he kicked the yeah Blacks moment. out. yeah
1: yeah and then he uh his his um urinal appeared next to mine in queenstown uh but it can't really be a comeback because his urinal's gone while mine's still there so he must have done something in the meantime yeah, uh, re- replaced uh, by donald trump though replaced Steve, by donald you know, trump yeah, yeah. yeah. um there was one, uh, 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 I got one, but Lassie Viren, you know, this is not a rugby one, but Lassie Viren, the brilliant uh, gold medal, um, uh, middle uh, long-distance runner, was in the 10,000 metres in the Olympics, and he fell flat on his face in the final and was miles behind. But not only did he win the gold, he also broke the world record. Therefore, either it was either the best comeback of all time, or it confirmed all the allegations that he was a blood doper. What can I say... <laughs> Thanks. For that. Sorry Lassie if you're listening
2: <laughs> if, we, if we're talking He's, about other, other sports can I mention one because um, I was down in New Zealand in 2013 when the America's Cup was on <laughs> and um, they have a passion for the America's Cup <laughs> um, and oh, That they,
0: was the Ben Ainsley one wasn't it? It, it was Ben Ainsley yeah, one yeah, when yeah. they
2: were 4-1 down Ainsley got brought on board and they I think they lost the next four anyway so they were 8-1 down Um, and he came back to the skip of the side um, and the boat the US Oracle team to a 9-8 win Um, and to be kind of caught up with a sport that you'd never really followed before um, was you know really you know mesmerising to see the kind of reaction and it's amazing how sport does that you can be sitting at home watching the Winter Olympics and all of a sudden you get caught up in um, you know curling or sitting at home watching the Commonwealth Games and the the netball team you know and it was one of those moments and that's one of the comebacks that I always remember
1: Right. Yeah, okay. If, we,
0: if we're going off beam, Rulon Gardner, American wrestler, <laughs> Olympic champion in 2000. 2002, he goes off on a snowmobile into Utah. I think he is. He falls off his snowmobile into into a frozen river. He's, he's on his own. He, he's he, no one knows where he is. He's left for dead. He thinks he's going to die. He gets hypothermia. He and eventually. Um, someone manages to locate him. I think they, they, there's a sort of a, a, a heat sort of thing that, that locates this this man is on on the last heartbeat of his life. Anyway, they recover him. They use, have to get a hacksaw to take his boots off. He loses a couple of toes through, due due to um, uh, being cold, and um, uh, comes back two years later in the Olympics, and he wins a bronze medal. Oh so goodness. i think that's uh, in terms of comeback from adversity that might that's up there but but rugby wise so so the the, the i didn't see the i think the the, the best rugby um comeback has to be the french Where they beat um New Nine, Zealand in the 99, 99 semi-final, no, yeah. which yeah. I which I could have gone to, but I was at home celebrating my first child's first birthday. So, I hope he's listening to this because I don't really think he understands <laughs> what what I missed for him. <laughs> but the um, one of the great rugby comebacks for me was um, the All Blacks when they beat Ireland in Dublin 2013. You went out of game. No,
2: you? no, Nigel was referee in that game, wasn't he?
0: That's right. So Ireland had uh, a 19 nil lead. 22 7 at half time, and this was the All Blacks when they were uh, trying to complete their first, um, trying to complete a year of, an unbeaten year of Test rugby, last game of the season for them. Um, 22 7 down at half time, and then uh, they had to score with the last play of the game. I don't know if you remember that, just phenomenal try when they went through about a million and one phases from Hmm. one end of the pitch to the other, Um, and then Ryan Crotty went over in the corner. And then, and then Nigel Owens magnificently allowed Aaron Cruden two goes at the, <laughs> at the conversion, didn't he? Yeah. And he missed the first one. And he said you can have another go at that because one of the uh, one of the Irish players moved.
2: I'll tell you what. Um, in the in the end of that game over in in November when Ireland um turned over the All Blacks, you could sense everyone just reminiscing back to that game because there was that period of play where the Kiwis were attacking and attacking and attacking again, and you could just everyone think it's going to happen again. Yeah. And so you know the way that they defended that last last few minutes you know just put that game up on a, on a mm. pedestal for me is one of the best
0: ever that, that's reminiscing done for, for a while we'll, we'll go s- straight to a uh, subject that's at the heart of rugby and rugby conversation over the last few days uh, i'm sure you will have seen it in the papers or, or in, in the media on um, uh, midweek last week israel falau posted a very controversial post uh, in which um He said that uh, homosexuals, amongst many others, were destined for hell. Uh, um, Folau was... um Castigated in in Australia at the time, and has and has since um, uh, lost his contract with Rugby Australia. But that was then followed by Billy Villapola who liked Israel Folau's uh, post. Um, Billy was then advised by some friends to unlike it because this was very controversial territory. Um, Billy uh, did the opposite. He then went on Instagram and and explained himself. He said, "I am not going to un- I am not going to unlike this. I I, st- I stand by liking it." And he went went further. To explain, uh, to explain himself in which he said that he, his religious faith said that man was put on the earth to procreate with woman uh, and, and there in the bonfire escalated um, uh, Billy is going to be meeting the RFU this week to ex- uh, explain uh, to discuss the situation the RFU is very very clear that it is all inclusive um, uh, it wants an- anyone and everyone to feel that the game is for them uh, the com- the the subject is so complicated because where does freedom of speech uh, um end and um uh, and what should billy be allowed to say i think there's um a huge number of people who will be offended by what he said who will think that i'm maybe the rugby's not for me if i'm not going to be welcome there all these things are, are, are going to be played out this week when um, billy goes to to see the RFU and
1: it's an uncomfortable situation, Steve. Yeah, very uncomfortable. The uh, In terms of welcome, uh, I think rugby is one of the most welcoming sports. So let's, let's just put something into perspective. Now, there was lurid publicity from Israel and, and a little bit uh, pushed by Billy, but um, there, there are, um, we've had, um, in the Bingham Cup, we've had Gay World Cup for rugby for ages. Kings Cross Steelers have been going for 20-odd years, I think, and I think that... Um, there is no uh, uh, as far as I can see I've never come across any uh, homophobic uh, behavior attitudes in rugby in my whole life uh, similarly um, uh, racism I, I, I just never come across it there was one incident involving Glenn Webb about 30 years ago in Wales but I think the w- w- um, the, 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 the welcome for rugby it, it, uh, in rugby is, is very warm um, also um, I've not that long ago, I compared uh, a session at the Times and Times Literary Festival in Cheltenham with Gareth Thomas, and when he told us that the loneliness he'd been through, the put, the, put, the potential for him to commit suicide, etc., at the end of it, the audience streamed out f- in in tears. And uh, he was talking about the loneliness before he came out. Yeah, before he came yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nigel Owens uh, has obviously st- still has problems, which I think are kind of dietary with the bulimia, as as he said, but. I also sat down with Sam Stanley, who came to to us, and I, 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 he sort of came out in the Sunday Times. Um, after all, after all the time when he'd been lonely and felt suicidal, etc. So I don't think in any way that it is a bad place to be gay. I still don't think rugby is a bad place to come out and, and 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 say you're gay. Should you want to, you don't have to. Should you want to, um, Israel Falou, this thing about hell and going to hell. That that is not even old fashioned anymore. That's just like f- five thousand years ago. I mean, does anyone really think you go to a dark place down a down a hill, where you know where, where Mephistopheles is there to claim your soul? I don't don't think so, Israel. Billy Van I still would not have booed him had I been at a match. Um,
0: so he s- he was
1: booed when he came on. Yeah, Sa- Sarah, Sa- Sa- Sam, Stanley's, on Sam Stanley's quote uh, tweet to greet B- Billy was. Billy Fulham is a great bloke, and he is a great bloke, and and that's coming from a guy who had been tortured uh, th- through being being gay when he before he came out. Um, Billy's a great guy; didn't deserve booing. He cannot come out again and 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 create that situation where rugby's seen as a non-inclusive sport. Well, how do you how did you re- regard this? I mean, you're f-
0: you're friends with Nigel Owens, but that yeah. that's actually irrelevant. I mean. It's, it's an uncomfortable position for the game.
2: Yeah. I feel, well, firstly, like, it's totally at odds with, with my own personal views, um, and that's why I was really proud of the way that the RFU and and Saracens um, came out. You know, very quickly, unequivocally, and said, "Look, this isn't our game. This isn't how what mm. we believe in." And you know, you've mentioned Nigel, but in the Premiership, you know, we've got open gay match officials um, who are very much part of our team, and you know when you speak to them, they feel very inclusive. Um, you know, we are an inclusive sport. We are an inclusive um, bunch. And I see the game very much like Steve says. You know, it is a it is a game that I'm very proud to call my own. And, you know, that's part of the reasons that, you know, is all those strong values. I thought what was interesting and perhaps... Yeah, quite ironic was that last weekend, and you mentioned it on the pod last weekend because you had Christian Day in here, was restart week. Mm, um, and yeah. all the players were wearing their, yeah. their red shirts. Poor and,
0: time in that respect, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: you know, because, you know, there are people, you know, particularly mental health in men. You know, we all know, you know, it's one of the biggest um, killers is suicide in men. Is um, And, you know, people who are struggling to come to terms with issues which I'm sure they've got in their lives. You know, we want to support them as much mm. as you can. And you hope that comments such as you know that we've heard over the weekend doesn't you know affect that you know because we want to be a, a sport which embraces everyone, um, and so you know I I thought it was really you know badly timing when you know uh, the the RPA are doing wonderful kind of mm. you know work um, we learn you know we're trying to make a load of money for their restart charity and mm. you had that on the back of it
0: mm. we so so I mean has said, said, "My opinion of Billy also that he he always seems one of the great guys out there. I yeah. mean, how, how you've refereed him, you've seen him from a slightly different perspective to us. How, how's he always come over to you?
2: Yeah, a fantastic character. You know, someone um, as a referee, he'll always come and speak to you beforehand. You know." Uh, jones has mentioned me training with england and you know when i'm in with england he'll always make an effort to come and you know come and chat see how you're doing come and sit with you at lunch um and you know he's always you know got a big smile on his face and, he, and you, you know you admire him as, as a player and you know i i still massively admire him as a player and 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 um you know he's he's a special player and we want him we want him in the england team yeah
0: the, 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 so the the other um the other Barnes in our lives, the, the Barnes, the B Barnes, Stuart Barnes, it, it, his piece in the Sunday Times yesterday, I thought was um, was was really well observed and, and helped explain how complicated it is, Th- this uh, depth of religious faith. Well, fulau and Verna um, they're, they're both islanders by descent. Um, and they've been brought up into this faith system, which ironically comes from British Empire and Christian missionaries. And, yeah. and so effectively we gave it to them and, and now we're, ju- we're judging them on, on the back of it. Um, kind of makes it, uh, makes it harder uh, um, that that's what they were brought,
1: brought into. To what extent should they be allowed to inflict it on others? For a start, Billy's faith... I, I sat down with Billy to talk about his faith not that long ago when um, the RPA launched their Lift the Weight campaign. And the, the idea of the campaign was it's okay to be every, every everything in rugby. It's also okay to be religious. And I was awestruck by the power of Billy's religious convictions. Didn't mention at the time that uh, he agreed that sh- gays should be sent to hell, I admit, I admit. But there is no doubting the sheer intensity of the way that Billy tries to live by his religious convictions and that is something that in a way is is, is a mitigation but not a total mitigation. I, I put it to a member of the RFU's um, inclusivity uh, committee, uh, standing committee on the weekend, is it mitigation? He said totally not. I, I do think that it must be some kind of small mitigation when you feel it that deeply. Mm.
0: And, the, and the complicated thing is, is, is you said Billy didn't say to you that he thought that gays should go to hell, but he didn't say that in his post either. But now we're into what? What does social media actually mean? You know, so Billy supported fallout. So does that mean that he necessarily agrees with with his position? And then when Billy made his post, he was that was then liked by a large number of. Very well-known uh, rugby players in in England, a lot many of whom play for uh, play for the English England national team. Uh, one of whom, Courtney Laws, liked it, and then came on and stipulated later that that um, he didn't necessary did that he didn't agree with the views that with with Billy's um religious views. So. Uh, well, you made, you made a good point in your
2: uh, piece last week, Owen, around, you know, what does liking something mean? You know, as someone who doesn't engage in social media at all, you know, I wouldn't have a clue what liking something or, you know, or following someone meant. But, you know, you've got to be just so careful now around, you know, making sure you know what you are you're liking or what you're agreeing to and what does you know clicking that little um thumb on and twitter mean you know so but but i thought your point was really well made about you know it doesn't automatically mean that you're supporting what's said in a statement you might be supporting your friend you might just be saying you know uh, and this is something to um to, to have further discussions and steve you were saying earlier that you you use it just to, to save yes yeah, so,
1: uh, yeah if, if you say you, there's no save button brian moore wrote that this morning in in one of those um was it called? Uh, what's his paper called? I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, he he wrote wrote that you use the light to save. It. But I mean, I, I don't. think that, 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 Sorry, let's just 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 remember. This demonstrates that you cannot uh, express uh, anti-gay uh, 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 and even the destruction of gay people. You cannot express it if you're a rugby player because of the fate, uh, not the fate, because of fellow and. Um, I've brought that stuff into the open, and it is a no-no. It, it is no more excuses. Whatever excuse you have, you haven't got it anymore. Because, as Sam Stanley said, if that had happened uh, just before he came out, after all those years of torture, he would not have come out. So there must be loads of people in rugby who, who feel the same and want, and, and want to know if they can come out and live a normal life. So no more excuses. Now, you um, cannot... Um, you cannot refer to gay people in that way.
0: Uh, how, so, just just to finish this off, how do you both think we <clears throat> or the RFU can or should should resolve this? Uh, personally, I think to sack Billy or to say can't play for England would be um, way way out of kilter, a, a vast overreaction. But but there, but we have to find some sort of a compromise wh- whereby uh, the, the RFU or or, or or Billy gets to a point where. Um, he can help gay people feel that they are welcome in rugby, and that he doesn't think they shouldn't be in rugby, which is which is where we are at the moment. I think it'd be
2: interesting to see um, what happens in the RFU meeting. I think he's meeting later in this week, and I yeah. think that'll be a, a, a full and frank discussion. And um, and I'm sure that those conversations will be having at Saracens as well, because you know Saracens have been very strong in they what were. they said on um, they,
1: straight straight away. What they do is they say, Billy, never do that again. Good luck against um, uh, Munster on Saturday.
0: Okay, very good. Um when you were at an epic game on Friday night, um I said it was uh beforehand I th- the, the, the premiership game of the season. Uh that's Newcastle, uh Leicester, the the sort of what had become the, the biggest relegation battle of the season. Uh, incredible um premiership weekend again. Um so that that game in, in uh at Kingston Park, you went to Jonesy mm. um uh, well we just I I watched the second half second half on the box. Uh I was pretty impressed by the the fact that it wasn't choking conservative scared out of our wits of rugby. Um it, is that how it was to you Steve?
1: Oh a tremendous. Sweeping game. Yes, you know I think you're slightly predicated to do that on on the artificial surface, but it was a fantastic game and you think a visitor from mars or wherever or visitor from Newcastle football had they been there would have thought it was a top of the table clash because the intensity the quality of play um it, it was absolutely tremendous and to think that they played like that with where their nerves must have been incredible i mean two mi- five minutes before the end um I think in the last five minutes, Newcastle had four or five drives where if they'd scored, it would have been a bonus point win. And as we speak now, Leicester would have been bottom of the table. But they just threw off their cares. It was a really, really warm up there as well, honestly. It was only (laughs) minus 20. And uh, it was a fantastic game. And I have to say, I am totally in favour of promotion and relegation. But at the end of that game, to see the Newcastle fans and Newcastle players... I realised the pain you go through and I felt a complete rotter. Yeah, I, uh,
2: I've been involved in a lot of those relegation games, not just this season, but over the last few seasons um, with the likes of Newcastle, Worcester, Bristol, London, Irish. Um, and often they're a bit of a damp squid of a game because everyone plays within themselves. Players put, uh, don't want to make mistakes, so they yeah. just they just kick the ball and say we're not going to make a mistake you're going to make a mistake and they can become just tense, drab affairs but this was this was a bit different you know we we saw some fantastic pieces of skill you know um two cracking tries from um from Newcastle in particular you know when um uh, nicky gonover stood up um, the young winger Jordan um, Aloua Fewa I hope I pronounced that right mm. um, But I think, um,
0: I think well done for having a crack at that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I always oh, think man. having a goal is better than at least you try <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. thought
1: you were just going to leave it at the, yeah. the young uh, Jordan. Leicester Jordan. winger uh, Jordan do you think we're um, about, talking about the same player at least he had a goal <laughs> <laughs> fair yeah, play
2: yeah. Um, but Jordan would never have faced something like a Nicky Gonova step who you know no. within the five metre line absolutely um, ripped, him o- rip, ripped it open um, and then had that beautiful pass back inside and you're like this is a special game of rugby and then the, the, you know you could just see the release at the end of the match you know Dan Cole even smiled at the end of the match it was that much of a release but yeah you know, <laughs> easy the, 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 the Leicester players you could see were just delighted you know they're jumping on top of each other you know huge celebrations up in the in the coaches box as well so it was nice to see a game of rugby where they they played to win rather than were petrified of losing.
0: But could you could you nevertheless sort of see the the, the, the terror in their in their eyes and it, it, you know when they when the game stopped when they were forming for scrums. I mean, could could you could, could you in that was their body like did their body language betray any of that at all? You,
2: you sense it in the change rooms beforehand. You know, we go in the change rooms and you, you meet the, the players. You check the studs. Still, you know, we still yeah. do that and um, talk to the front rows. And you sense there was that nervous tension. Um, but I, I think that's just why it speaks volumes about the standard of that game. You know, in the last two or three minutes, no one knew who was going to win that game. No one knew who was going to be bottom at the end of, end of the, um, end of the, the the weekend. And you know, the only discussion point that we had, and I had with Dean Richards afterwards, was around why they didn 't kick for the corner because they got a, had a bit of success from that in the first half. they got the uh, Mike Williams Sinbind and um, they actually scored a try from the the next passage of play um from a pick and go um and they almost got over at the front of, when they had the the short so front you, of the line you
0: asked Dean that after yeah, we, we
2: just discussing it you know, <laughs> and what did he say um he he said I would have kicked for the corner <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. but um you know that's that 's a decision that players make on the day and um You know, they they had a huge amount of success with um, the pick and go against Montpellier earlier in the year, you'll remember. But um, I thought Guy Thompson read the last play really well. Um, He played extremely well the whole game, Um, you know, really smart around the breakdown and also scored the intercept try. Um, So um, it was just one of those nights where you're like, there is a reason why we've got promotion and relegation.
1: So, uh, I just add to that, that Simon Hammersley of uh, Newcastle is absolutely wonderful at fullback mm. and running. And there was another interesting point there because Takalua, the, uh, the the goal kicker, has got a really, really difficult to read final nudge <laughs> before he starts running up. But it is before he starts running up because yeah, the referee so he, like it gave the a referee a again. He, didn't he, he did so. <laughs> he, he, when he nudges tw- on two occasions, they charged. Yeah. And the referee controversially, <laughs> no, they, and, and um, he actually he's actually not started his run up because he doesn't start till his foot yep, goes forward exactly, yeah. and so it was taken again. I mean, he missed the first one, then he puts over the second one. So, oh, Barnes's law then, Barnes' law, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, 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 it was it was just fantastic. But Loved look, it. I also actually then caught my I took seven trains to, up to Newcastle and then Worcester and then home. After my sixth train, I watched Worcester and sale, and that was a fantastic game as well. I was very lucky so
0: all right so jonesy so you've you've seen Newcastle you saw uh Worcester the next day seen, you, you so you you're you were immersed in that relegation battle. Do you think it's almost done a newcastle done
1: well Newcastle have to beat Northampton this weekend, preferably a by bonus bite absolutely totally non-negotiable this is a northampton team now going for top five i think uh, newcastle are good enough but newcastle categorically have to win this week and then it's still not all not all um safe for them because the horrible thing was when they wake when they woke up on sunday morning the the two days after their their, their their bitter defeat they found that not only had Worcester come in with a bonus point win, but 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 Bristol had won as well. So it was just a really horrible weekend for them, which they don't deserve. I think they're a fantastic rugby club, with great fans, great people in charge, and great players. And the, if they do go down, they'll bounce back.
0: But the thing is, Worcester and Bristol, neither. I, well, you, you just said actually that New Newcastle played with some freedom, but, New, but Worcester seemed to be fairly majestic for a team that's. Uh, uh, that were 11th in the table and, and Bristol turned over Saracens I mean the, those aren't two clubs that, that look like they're absolutely terrified of what's
1: going to happen. Every game Gloucester Gloucester Bath um, was fantastic the Bristol game obviously Worcester played as if they, it was a end of season match in which they were mid-table they were absolutely superb uh, Francois Venter in the centre was, was, was absolutely wonderful uh, they got some great forwards there tough tough boys and it was just a great performance
0: Wayne you see so you've how many years have you refereed the Premiership for to
2: my first game in 2003 so it's my 16th season
0: yeah, blimey! blimey. Yeah, oh, and nothing. And you know it's his birthday on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh. so you'll be 105 on Saturday. <laughs> um, you're refereeing uh, the Leinster game on Sunday, but um, no. So what I want to ask you is: so you, you've been uh, you've been in the Prem since 2003. Yeah. Do, so so you you've had a, a closer view than anyone on, on as to how it's changed so this season with this amazing uh, weird uh, relegation battle. Do is this the closest that you've ever seen a standard at the bottom higher than you've seen before?
2: I think it's the standard across the league. You know, anyone can and have beaten anyone this year. You know, you look mm. at look at a game down at Sandy Park. We, we wouldn't have called that a week ago, particularly after the way that Exeter played against um, Leicester. Um, we you know just spoken about Worcester um, beating Sale, and Sale very impressive at home against Harlequins last week. So I think it is a league now where you know you can hand on heart say that you don't know who's going to win any game when it goes into. Of course, the top Quite two right. are the top two, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. you know this. You know the next round of the Premiership, we've got Saracens going up to Was You know, is that going to be a straightforward game? We've got Leicester against Bristol. You know, we've got yeah, lots Leicester of games for that one. Yeah, exactly. You've got lots of games where you're intrigued by, and I think that's why the the uh, the public's imagination has really been caught this season because it's not just the bottom three or four. It's who's going to finish in the top four. You know, Harlequins mm-hmm. losing to Northampton. Who would have thought that a few weeks ago? But now that top four, that fourth spot, you know, looks like Gloucester have got their mm. third spot mm. nailed on now. But mm. you know, you've got um, Wasps, Northampton, Harlequins, all within a, a win of each other, and who who might then have to go down to Sandy Park for the semi-final. And you know, I just think it's a, a fantastic, intriguing league this year. Probably the, the the best out of the 16 years for you know really catching the public's imagination.
0: No one of the reasons uh, that we were really glad to get Wayne on for this uh, episode is because it was only a couple of weeks ago that um, many of the great and the good in the game were meeting in Paris to talk about game, the laws, the welfare, the safety of players and, and what could should be done to change rugby union uh, to um, ensure that it's A, a, a better game. At, well, actually, I think A was w- welfare. A, how to make the game safer for players um, uh, w- without losing what is... what is what rugby union is essentially um about the contest uh, a few very interesting things came out of that when you must have been uh, a very interested observer when the the news um was reported following paris
2: i think we we all are aware that you know player safety must be a paramount of our minds when we you know we're considering law changes we shouldn't just be che- changing laws for the sake of them um, and so there's been a few suggestions which have um have trickled through um not seen anything categorically yet so it will be interesting how these are trialed because one of the things which i think is really important is that you don't just do a law change a law without considering what the unforeseen consequences are because you know for example there's been discussions around um you know, getting rid of the jackler, which mm. which might be the the, the way forward. Um, but does that mean then we're going to have more ball in play? Does that mean we're going to have more um, tackles, more um, collisions? You know, so all those things need to be considered in a whole before just making um, a a decision around. Well, let's let's try this. And what what I think the RFU's done in the past, and they've they've done it down in Stellenbosch as well, is trialled certain laws. So, mm. for example, we tried trial the concussion kind of um, reducing tackle. the tackle height and I think we probably all would have sat here before that um, trial thinking that that should work but you know as we've heard from um, Dr. Kemp and we've heard from um, from Dean Ryan you know saying well you know that hasn't worked and so that's why they decided to you know to remove that trial at that stage so I think it, we need to trial things and we need to make sure that we do continue to um, press a point around um, player safety but um, I, I'm interested to see how that goes over the next, you know, three months, or p- particularly it'll be uh, post World Cup, I would imagine.
0: As a, as a referee, so I I, I was um, very in favour of, of trialling the the lower tackle, and um, thus disappointed when yeah. it proved that it didn't work. But uh, I was just wondering if you're if you're refereeing a lower tackle, if if the tackle height is as it is now across the top of the shoulders, yeah. it's quite. Well, it's it's comparatively easier to see than if there is a, a line that you're sort of imagining across the underside of the armpit, which is all the nipple line or whatever whatever it, it, it's it's called. Would that would that worry you if if the tackle line does come down and you are refereeing a line that's not as clear?
2: Um, I've talked to. I didn't referee in the, in the Champions um, yeah. Championship Cup, which it was trialled within. But speaking to some of my colleagues who had done it, they said it, what was noticeable is when you had the borderline ones about was was it your chest or neck or chest or head those are the ones to penalize and whether it was an exact strip along the shirt you know a, a centimeter or two either way mm. that the idea behind it was to remove the direct contacts with the head and the neck you know so for example the reason why they bought in the five meter law at the at the scrum was to create a little bit more space now if it's 4.9 meters or yeah. 5.1 <laughs> meters you're still creating a, a an element of space so it almost gives you that margin of error and what what we said around um Around the tackle was what we want is want to change player behaviour about tackling lower, and that was the idea behind it is to take that tackle down mm. a foot, yeah. um, and that was a thought behind that um, that trial.
0: Uh-huh. And do, do you so on the subject of how how the game could could should change to to make it safer? Do what what what's your do you have a number one suggestion? What's what's the what's the Wayne Barnes rule to making rugby better? Um, <laughs> it's over to you now wait yeah it's it's one, <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's one of those things where um you, you've you've got lots of good suggestions um out there at the moment but we're just not quite sure if they're going to work you know i know steve's a bit big advocate around you know reducing the number of replacements you mm. know which again could work you know mm. there is that idea of removing the jackler, which again could work there is an idea of creating a bit more space at the At the off side line, so taking that back a meter, so that players um, actually have better vision as they're running into that that contact zone, so mm. you know players do have time to adjust and, and get their head on the on the correct side and a better tackling technique. So there are lots of things which I think should be considered. they should be trialed. Um, whether there's a one fit solution I I, I don't think there is um, because we still want our game to look similar to you know what our game looks like there is still um, you know a need for those big you know legal legitimate collisions you know Toby Flood was at the end of you know caught the ball um, from a big high kick on Friday night and um, as he caught it it was a man and ball tackle from um, I think it was Mike Mike Williams again and you know the crowd reacted to it and the crowd want to see those you know collisions which are legal which you know are, are part of our you know game so you know we don't want to um, we, we don't want to remove that side of the game But we do want to make sure it's as safe as it can be For the players because you know They've got to,
1: they've got to be protected mm. I, I don't think For a start there's more things wrong with the game Than the safety thing so they've got to sort that They've got to hurry up now And do a trial without the jackal Without the jackal They must try it at a decent level uh, To see if we can A get back to um, The jackal is not under so much uh, danger And B we might get back to some form of rucking Now, ball in playtime, I do not count ball in playtime as when people are boringly driving it round the corner. You know, round the corner, round the corner. That's not ball in playtime. You might as well go go and watch the cowboy on the other side. That's not ball in playtime. They've got to get rid of that. They've got to put a clock they, they're thinking of putting a clock on the scrum they should put a clock on the line out too why mm. you ever mm. let people walk away 15 meters to chat about the line out call these people are professionals they, they've tried every day that week if you can't make a line out call as you're approaching the line out, it's ridiculous that 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 that's two things. Not that I feel strongly about that. <coughs> ball in playtime is not going around the going around the corner. But ball in um, play t- Sorry, just on ball in playtime
0: It's 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 interesting to me because so, some people discuss ball in playtime time as 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 if the more ball in play time you have, the better the game is. It's so obviously there's more action for the punters it's never to watch, etc. That's never been. But 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 the the other side of that is more ball in play time means more tackles and more opportunity for people to get injured. So you're sort of winning and losing at the same time. But yeah, sorry, but carry was, on. But it you.
1: depends what's happening with the ball. Uh, do you know what the ball in play time is? One of twenty-five thousand statistics people keep throwing at you that have no interest whatsoever. Depends what's happening. When Gareth Edwards played, the ball play was hardly there. But when Gareth had it, you'd, you'd 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 set you'd settle you'd swap five minutes of Gareth to fifteen minutes with the ball trundling around the corner. It's not. It's the ball in play time is not the be all and end all of, every, of everything. What they've got to do is they've got to get as many people as they can in towards the breakdown so that backs play backs, backs up against backs as it used to be. They've got to get the forwards out of the way because people say, oh, these forwards, they're almost as good as centres. They may well be, but the centres are better than them as centres. And they've got got—they've got to get people into a narrower area of the field so that the rest of the people who can really play, the Simon Hammersleys, etc., cetera, Vern- Gonova, danny cipriani can operate without having all these big lumps of uh, horse meat all over the place good well it's nice to hear that jones has got a, a soft view on these things as usual um, well, wayne, also we could have rear feet offside we could reintroduce it wayne, wayne never has it in his game but um <laughs> rear feet offside other referees uh, are, are allowing especially the outside center Net to, to be, you might as well give him a jersey for the other side.
0: Wayne, what, one of the just last thing on that, and you probably get asked this a lot. And it's, apologies if it's a tedious old question for you, but there's a lot of conversation about safety around the ruck and, and people flying in to clear out rucks, yep. etc. And, and the and the, the the laws state that you must be bound before you can push, uh, and before you can enter. the ruck. Sorry, before you can enter the ruck, um, and, and so it would it would appear to to me and to many people to be an easy welfare gain if that was refereed more strictly uh, is there a reason why it's not
2: I think what we're seeing at the moment is um, the jackal um, the first man in the man on his feet, and whether or not he is supporting his weight or not and that's probably where we have become a bit lax and we've said uh, you can get a little bit longer and a little bit longer and we probably need as a group to come back a little bit on that and to make sure that he is really um strong he's got his feet mm. underneath um, his backside and you know and his body is then over the ball that then should encourage people to clear out in a in a in a you know in a silly a ferocious um fashion but it should keep them on their feet a little bit more. But we're still going to see big collisions over the ball around that because, you, you know, you imagine David Pocock, for example, who is very good at being on his feet. Yeah. Um, he is still a big lump um, to, to move. And so you have to move him, you know, with a bit of force or you've got to kind of, you know, it's, it's been described as, as, a, as the body roll or the crocodile roll. You know, obviously we want to protect their head. So um, there mm. is that idea of, you know, we probably do need to get um, players being better over the ball to prevent other players going off their feet but I still think we will see players moving those bodies by going off their feet as well because it's a really hard thing to move uh, you know a 19 stone muscle-bound man who's locked over a ball um, mm. h- how do you move? That?
0: VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on. Settings. So you can navigate it just by listening.
1: Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10
2: to 11.
0: And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
0: So listen, let's go look at look ahead to this weekend. Um, European uh, Heineken Champions Cup uh, semi-finals. Saracens against Munster on Saturday, and then Wayne, you're at the Leinster to lose game in Dublin on the Sunday because uh, Leinster always play at home, as we know. Um, <laughs> uh, Jones, you'll be at Saracens. Do you? Do you it's easy to call um, two home victories. Um, I'd say if, if there's an away victory it's actually probably more likely to be to lose. My own personal opinion. What's where do you
1: stand? Well, I think the w- one thing is that p- p- the great thing is with Munster, if you realise how difficult they are to play against, you've got a chance of beating them. But people go into games against Munster paying lip service. because They think, oh, yeah, well, it's going to be tough, but actually we'll probably beat them. Because when you look at their team on paper, it's by no means all that great. Mm. I always remember I told Brian Kennedy, that then the owner of Sale, when they went to play it, I said, Brian careful because you know you might be going well but they're really unbelievably difficult and I said look when you get if your players know however tough you think it is it's going to be 10 times as tough and he sort of almost ignored me. Then he rang me from the loo just before the game. Said, Do you know what? He said, I cannot believe the intensity of this place. And, and you're right. And that's what Munster are. Saracens are the better team. But Saracens won't be fooled. They, they, they know exactly what they're going to get. They know they're going to have to fight like mad. And it could be 75 minutes before they take the lead. You don't, you don't know. But I think Brad Barrett's fitness is, is massive. But I get the impression, I went to see Maru Itoje and other Saris last week, I think Sarries are massively, massively up for it, mm. and I think in that case uh, that they, that they should win.
2: They beat them in the semi a couple of years ago, didn't yeah, they? they, they did. When they went they on ham- to win it, they and ham- they were it. impressive that day. They were yeah. extremely physical, yeah. um, and they won the gain line. So every time you know the ball went um, to a big uh, Munster forward, they dominated the collision, and you yeah. know, and, and that's when Sarries are
0: at their best. Mm. Yeah. Are, you, are you allowed to give us predictions, Wayne?
2: Uh, if I could tell you the score, you know that would be impressive as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it'll be a cracking game. I refereed the first game between Leinster and Toulouse, oh, well Toulouse and Leinster down in um, in Toulouse earlier in the season, just around December time. Mm. That was a fantastic game of European rugby. And then mm. Luke Pearce, who's running touch with me this weekend, did the return fixture over in the RDS. Um, but I just keep, you know, reflecting back on that game in um, Rassing over in um, the the Par- in Paris a couple of weeks ago, and what a fantastic game of rugby that was. And so, if we can get a bit of that on Sunday, it'll be a fantastic birthday present.
0: Oh, I hope they give it to you, Wayne. Seriously. Uh, well, so that's a, that's a big weekend, Jonesy. You um, you've been uh, keeping an eye on the Tyrrell semi-finals as well.
1: Yeah, I think we should say no that um, next week, because it's Bank Holiday, the Rucks out on Tuesday. And we're going to preview the uh, the final of of the Premier Fifteens, Tyrrell's Premier Fifteens. Sorry, don't forget Tyrrell's crisps knock uh, Gary Lineker's soggy Walker crisp out of the park every time. Um, <laughs> Harlequin in the semi-finals on the weekend, Harlequins beat Loughborough Lightning 26-10. That was the one. If there was going to be a, a an upset, that that may have been it. But obviously. Harlequins came through. Also, uh, Saracens beat Was 31-13 as expected. I think so. The upshot is that the final week on Saturday at Northampton is uh, going to be the same as it was last year, uh, which is, you know, that, that's how it's meant to be. If the two teams, the two best teams, have come through at the end of the, of the regular season, so we'll be looking at that next week with some of the participants next Tuesday. And I think the uh, I think it's gone up another notch this year. There are more good teams in it. The teams at the bottom appear to be catching up slowly. So it's all good. It's on television uh, a week on Saturday. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: My my daughter um, went across. We took her across to Harlequins for the um, the last rare game when they played Hartbury. Had 4,500 people over at Quinns. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she's only four. Um, and it was just fantastic that, that, the way um, that Harlequins embraced that day. Um, mm. And to see 4,500 people going yeah. to watch um, uh, the you know, Tyrrell's Premier match was wonderful. I think Northampton are doing a fantastic job already to promote yeah. um, the final. And um, if I'm not refereeing, I'll be driving up there as well.
0: Very good. Like la- la- last business as per usual, gents. God or goddess of the week. Jones is is frowning as if he hasn't even thought about it. No,
1: I thought about it. I want to. You've already mentioned th- Harry
0: Kane once. No, you can't okay, have no, him he's
1: again.
2: Injured. Yeah. And Tiger's too easy. You can't go for Tiger Australia Well,
0: actually, I think was it two years ago? Everyone, we we as a group, we voted in Sergio Garcia. Right. <laughs> Sham- oh, we did. Yeah. Look, I I'm but-
1: gonna I'm gonna go Simon Hammersley the God of the week because of the way he ignored the plight of his team. And ran the ball beautifully from all parts and successfully. And I just thought he he was magic. So that's one reason not to have Tiger. Um, So I was down um, commentating on the West Country derby
2: uh, between Gloucester and Bath on Saturday. And um, it was a fantastic game. The sun was shining. The shed was full and you know Gloucester came back from 17 nil down it was a fantastic game another fantastic game of premiership rugby did, did he's
1: taking over journalism and, though as well no. he's oh, on the T V. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Bloody hell>. well, <laughs> he's on the tv a, did, i
0: i was sort of following following the scoreline did bath slightly choke that or, or, or was it all gloucester brilliant it, in their for comeback? the first 20 comeback minutes
2: comeback of the week for the first uh, <laughs> for the first 20 minutes bath didn't let gloucester touch a ball and they were very very impressive um cipriani was outstanding um in the, in the next 60 minutes you know so jonesy will be be happy with that um and uh um, <laughs> you know and people like ben morgan he's got Ken the nuances really. of this thing yeah. isn't he <laughs> <laughs> so ben morgan carried really well uh, ruan ackerman played very well um it was an impressive game so i was going to nominate um the, the whole of the west country actually to start <laughs> but but i changed my mind so no, i was, go for the west country well, well i was thinking about it as i was driving back and i thought that's who i'll nominate but then um when i got home i was lured to the local um rugby club at uh, thamesians rugby club for a quick drink before we went out for dinner and so um, and Mrs Barnes Polly Barnes who um, yeah. Jones has already mentioned well that's uh, your missus is it the yeah, one who said you not like your beard exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she <laughs> had arranged a surprise party and so 50 of my friends and colleagues are all in Thamesian, at Thamesian's um, rugby club um, and she'd kept that from me so we had a surprise party so I'm going to nominate my wife Polly. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. That that is is that's, quite right oh, so you've got
1: to do well just... not to back that Jonesy because no, you I'm know her a... I do know her <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not any, any um, that's absolutely fine absolutely fine that slightly, is, I'm just wiping slightly Two, but so <laughs> moved by that, yeah, that was um, good. Yeah. whose was yours going to be
0: Oh, I'm, my wife absolutely <laughs> no doubt about it and, and since I'm hosting she wins um, thank you very much guys uh, th- this was the Ruck uh, thank you for listening uh, as Jonesy mentioned we will be back next week but it's a bank holiday so no one will be ready to, to listen on uh, Monday evening so we're going to record on Tuesday 24 hours later we haven't checked with our uh, producer yet he's laughing no no one told him that we just just made that up Uh, Jonesy uh, great to see you Wayne thanks very very much for coming on pleasure thank you great fun Uh, back next week